Simone voice on Game of Thrones. Oh yeah. Greetings, Simone. Greetings, guys. What's up? Selena's away. She's traveling yet again. That's what she does in Europea, the country that is not next to ours, separated by one ocean. It's good to finally have you on the show. Ah uh, yes, Europea. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> One of the four of us just had what I can only assume was a titillating weekend. Uh, That's a very uh, good choice of words there. Curious adjective for it, I'm sure. Um, No, it was a fantastic weekend. SDCC every year is one of my just favorite weekends. It might be my favorite weekend. It's like summer camp for adults. So, like, how could you not love it? <laughs> That's what I equate almost every convention to, but I can imagine a Comic-Con would be even more so because of its sheer volume of people. Yeah, that's the one thing that is, like, kind of annoying about it is just how many people are there. But it's it's just an amazing jam-packed weekend. That was the smell. Um, You know what? <laughs> Interestingly enough, wondering. I'm glad you asked because I noticed that the smell wasn't as pungent as it has been in years past. So I, I'm glad you asked. Well, SC Johnson, a family company, uh, sponsored the event and had Febreze cannons all over the roof of the uh, amphitheater. Mm. So everything was good. It was all fixed and everyone smelled great, I hear. (laughs) Well, we should tell people why you're our friend and why exactly we're having you on the show here. Simone is actually um, a VIP in the WIC community because she does something called the Daily Raven. It's true. It's true. Uh yeah, we do this little recap of uh, Game of Thrones on winterscoming.net. Will you tell us the story that you told me earlier today about the title? Because it was hilarious. Okay, here's a story about how this whole show came to being, and mainly the title of the show. Uh, I started doing these recaps of Game of Thrones when the show first started, season one, but I called it Game of Thrones for Dummies. And mm-hmm. I might get killed just for saying that, but um, the Game of Thrones for Dummies, sorry, the For Dummies guy came and emailed me and was like, you can't use my name anymore, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm going to sue your pants off for did using he, Did my he name. demand payment or compensation of some sort? Or was he just like, I do not approve, you cannot use this? He was just like, it, was, it wasn't him, it was his lawyer. And they were like, cease and desist right now or you will pay. Basically that sort of email. Um, so I hope just, you printed it and framed it. Just, I mean, continue <laughs> with your story. But, uh, but I would do the same thing. I do that with all of my cease and desists. Yeah, that's true. Do you have a, a cease and desist wall in your house? Uh, it's not quite a wall. It's more of like a uh, above a mantle, uh, the okay. fireplace. It's behind yeah. his terrarium full oh. of cicadas. Oh, perfect. Yes, Sounds like a true. magical home that you have there. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's basically the end of the story. So then I had to kind of like season two came around and I didn't want to like get sued. So I had to change the name basically. And we thought of the Daily Raven because that's how messages get around in Westeros. So it's seemed fitting. So is it is it daily? Is it weekly? Is it because the show is weekly? So is it still just recaps of the episodes? What else do you do? What else does the show feature, or how does it work? That's what the funny thing is about it. It's called the Daily Raven, but it's not really daily. It's more of like a semantics, a, a weekly thing. Raven. And then off season gets a little weird, um, but we do try and always have interviews with the cast um, or. If we're not doing video stuff, we're always going to be covering stuff um, in print form on the website on winterscoming.net. So even in the off season, we've got you covered. We wanted you on the show because we ourselves, none of us could make it down to Comic-Con. And yet you were storming the beach like it was a fresh Normandy. And uh, my extreme <laughs> jealousy aside, because I know this year I was really surprised by the amount that HBO did with Game of Thrones before it was a panel 
and some people were walking around, but this time it was full of shit. Like it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think you probably have to attribute a lot of that to the Red Wedding because I think that was an event that completely kind of shattered what our expectation of television drama should be. Right. But um, yeah, HBO. Okay, so there was the panel. There was something that I didn't do um, called like the Game of Thrones experience. Um, I just ran out of time. Otherwise, I would have I really wanted to do that. But it's like, from what I'm hearing, there was, you know, this amazing exhibit in New York that had the Iron Throne on display and all this stuff. So this was kind of like a smaller scale version of that um, New York exhibit. Um, so that was going on. Also, the Wired Cafe had um, some Game of Thrones decor in there. So, yeah, you're right. They had a lot of stuff going on this year as far as Game of Thrones is concerned. I'm just kind of interested what they had out in San Diego because I did have a chance to go here in New York uh, when the exhibition was there. So luckily enough, John Bradley, who plays Sam, can answer all of our questions about uh, what this experience was like because he gave a little bit of a tour. He did indeed. Shall we watch? Oh, yeah. Hi there. I'm John Bradley. I play it's not Sam you, Micah. And this is no, Game it's not me. I can see you in the shot there, Simone. Right there behind Never Scissor Hands. No way. No, that wasn't you. That was <laughs> I've had a panel here for the last two years prior to this. The level of excitement and enthusiasm and the feedback you get from the fans is kind of intense, but in the end, uh, very, very worthwhile and very, very humbling. Samuel Tarly, on the surface, he does just come across as quite a nice, good intentions. He's been treated quite harshly yeah. by the world. When Sam, Sam and John's story starts... Is that supposed to be symbolic? <laughs> probably. No, I saw pictures where that line wrapped around outside all the way to a boat dock. That's probably like the panel line or something. That's going to last. That's just not what Game of Thrones is about. Uh oh. That is. Oh, that's the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experience for fans to actually and touch one or two things that that make the show. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big situation there at at the con. Wow, that's awesome. He just walks it's right in. That's true. I mean, look at the expression on his face. Oh, beautiful. Oh, oh, no. Yes. <laughs> in the pocket. Mind you, head to body ratio. They did not have these at the exhibition in New York. Metaphorically and physically. These are newer, yeah. This is what everybody wants. This is what everybody's fighting for. I really don't know all the fuss I'm so jealous. It's actually not very comfy. I'm guessing that, that King Joffrey's got a little bit more... Room to maneuver in it I can't I hardly look at that throne anymore now that I've seen the concept art for the actual throne. Oh, right. You know what I mean? The one that was like two stories tall. Bronze bow! There you go. And it fired. And the centerpiece being being the Iron Throne and a life-sized model of Kit Harrington. What the... Life size. I think yeah. it needs to scale. It was a little joke there. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, look at Sam getting the star treatment. Beautiful for him. You know, he. He doesn't look very enthused. I know. Oh, it's a Game of Thrones rickshaw. It's a pedicab. You want to be on the Iron Throne? You want to be on the move? That's the best shot I've ever seen. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously there's a lot of fun there. And I'm I'm pretty broken up that we couldn't make it down there, but. I mean, the panel seemed like it was an awesome time. Listen to us like sounding all jealous. I'm sure you got to see the the fabled moment where Jason Momoa decided to jump onto stage mid-panel. Oh yes, it was so unexpected. I like he I did not expect him to show up, but literally he just like busted in 
Jason Momoa style, or should I say, or should I say Cal Drogo style? Right. And um, kissed Amelia Clark on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, my moon and my stars. Is that how it <laughs> That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and said something like, "I'm, I'm not, not dead. dead yet," or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I can't remember. I couldn't make out exactly what he said, but yeah, that was an awesome moment among many awesome panel moments. Can you talk about this? Because I, I refused to watch this, Simone. But uh, the in memoriam video that I guess started the the, the panel. I, I I saw the first five seconds and I was like, oh, it's an in memoriam. Nope. <laughs> didn't How know could you I, not watch it? Didn't yeah, know wait, what I why, clicked on. Why wouldn't you watch why it? Why would I watch it? All, it? It doesn't. I don't need to realize that that all of these characters that I loved have died. <sighs> You loved all of them. Was it? I've loved every single character. Even Sir Lamer Royce. That you loved sounds Lamer Royce, man. <laughs> Lamer Royce. Lamer Royce. Whatever his name is, man. My favorite character. Wait, even Lamy? Even Lamy? You, you like when Lamy died? Lamy Greenhands. I yes. <laughs> was he in this video? Because if he's yes, yes. The, dude, like Lannister Guard four hundred and fifty two was in this video. <laughs> yes, There's so much exactly. comedy in it. No, they started out the panel with it, which was great, and I I thought it was a nice touch, and it's a bit of viral content for HBO to be able to sling around. You yeah. know, it's fun. Okay, totally. okay. I really I really liked how they the fan favorites like they didn't actually show them dying. It was it was more of like a nice serene sort of moment, whereas sort of the neutral or bad quote-unquote characters they showed getting it yeah <laughs> it i think i thought it was a lot of fun i think you have to watch it it just reminds you like of you know you gotta pour a little out for the homies okay it reminds yep. you like who came before <laughs> exactly reminds you where you came from you know like don't forget the little people no um <laughs> I think it, I think it was a great video and and also a great way just to get everyone engaged in the panel because I think that is something that really unites Game of Thrones fans. Like we all feel this like this sorrow in our hearts for all the people <laughs> that have died. Like Ned Stark. Okay, I saw the best sign walking through Comic Con that said. Ned Stark died for your sins. Maybe yes, yes. Maybe you guys have heard of this, but that was hilarious. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I I need like a shirt of that or something. I feel like it was a good way to start the panel because everybody was like, "Oh, okay, now we're their context is here. Here come all the all the actors. Okay, we got it now." Yeah, exactly. It's like welcome back. This is the Game of Thrones panel. In case you forgot, everyone dies. You know who I didn't see in there though. Who? Now I may, maybe have to look through again. Was Sirio Pharrell? <gasps> well, he wasn't murdered. Oh God! Did we just uncover? No, no, no. I'm not going to assume that we uncovered anything. Must anybody. have Zach. That's no. my biggest <gasps> hope. But there was no death scene. Maybe that's why. <gasps> I'm Are just you okay? gasping. Can you can you breathe over there? <laughs> Somebody please put the Somebody's gas. Somebody's going to write loop. in and be like, he was on there at 42 seconds. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, well, there's no faster way to get to get that kind of information than to put it on a podcast. Yeah. So please, yeah. someone who's who's listening right now, please watch it and let us know if Cyril Farrell was in there. Otherwise, we may be wondering about other things in the future. It it's goes true. really fast at some points, though. Yeah, it does. It's like, and they really played up the sound effects. It was like just basically a bunch of sounds like chopped together at one point because it was so fast just right. like heads falling off and oh. everything else okay i'll watch it okay yeah We're i good. think you should i'll get back to you i noticed one of the differences this year with the panel was that uh george r, r. martin was 
a panelist as opposed to being the moderator. And I, I was wondering how that went sort of different. Yeah. From years so past. I, I went last year and uh, George was the host this year. Elvis Mitchell was the host and DRM was on the panel. And I actually prefer it that way. I think, you know, he had, he's so invested in this story. Obviously that goes without saying. So like, just making him the host. We don't get to hear a lot of his thoughts on everything and especially future plans. Not that he revealed anything big at this panel, but like, I just think it's better to have the author on the panel. Cause that's, I mean, truly that's who a lot of us want to hear from. Right. And it allows him to be seen as more of a character in this series, because I mean, he is, he is the chief writer of the books, but I mean, when it comes to the television show, he's as much part of the process as everybody else is. Exactly. Exactly. If not more so. And, and also to see his interaction with his cast, with the actors is really fun (laughs) because you just know that he's like the big boss on stage, even though we think of, you know, the actors as the real, um, I don't know, power behind stuff, but really, I mean, it's stuff like Mm -hmm. People like George R. R. Martin and David and Dan, who are the real like bosses on this show. So it's just so cool that he was out there and he's interacting and he's being a panelist on this sort of a, a thing. I mean, he just he's out. He's he's in front of everyone, and this is a completely different path than other authors would take. You know, when their series is this popular, they would be uh, seclusive or, or reclusive. You know, they would just be away. And he's in the spotlight all the time. And I love it. I do, too. I totally, totally agree. So they didn't reveal anything huge on the panel. I think that disappointed a lot of people. Yeah. Last year, the big reveal was the date of the um, the premiere date of the next season. But we didn't get that this time. We didn't really get any any like official news or anything. Um, they did show a deleted scene where Tywin is out fishing and Maester Pycelle goes to catch up with him and wants to talk about the small council um, because it takes place. This scene takes place right before Tywin's, I believe it's Tywin's first meeting as the Hand of the King in this small council. So um, they did show us that, which was a very cool character moment between those two. Um, we don't get to see them alone very often, so that was kind of neat. But um, and that I imagine will go on the DVD or Blu-ray. But don't quote me. I, I think <laughs> like it'll go on right. one of those, probably. You know what I mean? I wish that was in the show. You I know? managed. Yeah, I managed to see it, and it's really a really good scene. And absolutely, I, I, I like Ty uh, Tywin Lannister more. Then I like Theon Greyjoy. Um, but this, the scene <laughs> just, where he calls Meister Pycelle out on his shtick with him being yeah. some bumbling idiot. And then right. immediately the illusion is dropped and they talk kind of man to man, eye to eye about the whole thing about what Pycelle really wants. It's kind of a really unexpected moment for me, I, I thought. And the fact that Tywin's just out there fishing, um, I actually commented to a friend of mine like, Oh man, Blackwater, he's fishing in Blackwater after the incident. There's probably right. <laughs> like three-headed fish or something. You know, is that safe? Does he want the uh the wildfire infused fish, but you know whatever. It's uh it's it wasn't in the show, so maybe that's why they cut it is because uh they had to show a bunch of people dying that who didn't actually die. Yeah, I was talking to a couple people after the panel and I was like, "I agree with you." I was like, "That that was such an amazing scene. Why didn't that make it into the show?" But I think um a lot of people perceive Pycelle and Tywin as minor characters. 
So I don't, uh, I guess that's the justification behind it um, from HBO that maybe they just weren't major enough characters to throw in this moment of, of dialogue just between them. Right. I mean, there's always so much to fit in, so it's completely understood. But I mean, for what it's worth, it was pretty hilarious. And I think comic relief sake, it broke up a lot of the tension, you know. Absolutely. But no, I, I wanted to ask Simone, too, like, what were the standout actors on the panel? Like, what your standout stories told or really... Who's your favorite person to listen to live or, you know, just in terms of intelligent responses or funny anecdotes? What do you think uh, from this this year's panel? Who do you think uh, would get your essentially your own of the panel? Who owned, <laughs> who owned the Game of uh, Thrones panel at, at, at SDCC this year? I would say that it's a tie between Richard Madden and Amelia Clark. I just love Richard Madden as an actor and he just seems like a really nice guy, really down to earth guy. So I think he reads that way on a panel like this. I think he's very gracious and eloquent with his answers. He's just really nice to listen to. And plus I just couldn't help feeling uh, so sympathetic and bittersweet that, you know, I'm here looking at Richard Madden, but he's not going to be on the show anymore. Like, I wondered why they would even have him on the panel. Not not because he's not still interesting to hear from, but just because, like, clearly this will be his last year, right? Unless he pulls a Cal Drogo uh, and, and shows up again. But yeah, like, that was crazy. I was so glad that to see him on. I haven't watched the panel yet, but I'm, I'll be looking forward to hearing from him, too. Good to hear you say that. Yeah, totally. And Michelle Fairley was there, too, um, plays Catelyn Stark. So... The only person from the Red Wedding who wasn't there was Una Chaplin, basically. But um, Michelle Fairley was fun to listen to also um, because I think she was one of the standout performances for me from the Red Wedding um, in those last harrowing moments. But also um, Amelia Clark. Every crowd question pretty much was for Amelia and uh, <laughs> like – about dragons or what is it like to be the best character on the show? Like stuff like that. <laughs> right. So, but she is also just super gracious in the way she answers questions. And there was a particular question where a fan asked, um, this fan talked about, you know, how powerful Khaleesi is as a female sort of action figure and not just on Game of Thrones, but you know, this strong female presence in television right now. So, this fan was just asking, what is it like to empower women through your performance? And just hearing Amelia Clark and how humble her answer was, she basically just said, you know, I am empowered by playing Khaleesi. So if I can empower others, you know, in doing that, then that's my dream. So she was probably my favorite, her and Richard. And it was exciting to hear them talk about the recent nominations, which was cool. And I'm glad yes. that it was cool to time it perfectly because those happened just before they were on their panel at Comic-Con. A lot of people were really congratulative about that. Yes, that was so cool. I got so excited when I saw that Amelia finally got an Emmy, no Emmy nomination. It seems like a no-brainer, you know, but this is – it's a huge moment for her. And it was really cool to hear her tell the story of where she was when she found out. So she was like – she was out with another – member of the game of thrones cast i think the night before or something but anyways um basically hbo called her in the morning um because the emmy noms are like they come out at like six in the morning or something crazy so they called her and they're like you know sh she had found out as well and they were just rejoicing over the nominations and amelia they were like you know you have one on here too like just you and she was like <laughs> 
what? Oh my gosh. So obviously she started flipping out. And, um, so that was fun to hear her story of how she found out about her first Game of Thrones Emmy now. Well, it's evident that the fervor is reaching uh, a new high here because we got to see the massive presence with the Game of Thrones experience and they were tweeting about join the realm constantly. And we saw it in the goo feed consistently there for a few days. Um, which leads me to only assume that the cosplaying was in full effect at Comic-Con this year for Game of Thrones. Can I tell you that Khaleesi, and specifically, like, the Khaleesi outfit that's kind of like this bra top, like a leather bra top and like a skirt. You know you right. know which one I'm talking about? Like the burlap sack skirt? Yes, yeah. exactly. I've been commissioned to build it a few do times. You think it's, do you think it's um going to replace Slave Leia in I was just years? about to say that. <laughs> I don't even think, I was just about to say that and I don't even think it's going to take 30 years. Like, I saw more Khaleesi's than I saw Slave Leia's this year. Damn. No. Yeah. Wow. The That's tables are me. turning. Somebody um, posted, I think it was on Facebook. I don't think it was on Tumblr. Yeah, it was on Facebook. Their uh, SDCC bingo card. And w- <laughs> so one of the spots was Slave Leia and they caught a Slave Leia. I've seen pictures of like 30 or 40 Slave Leias that get together at Comic-Con and take a yeah. group photo. Yeah. But I can just see that happening with a, with a Khaleesi. No, that's very cool. I saw it was a roundup of couple couple cosplays. Um, and there was one that was actually Melisandre and Baelish, interestingly enough. What? Um, but I thought everybody yep. I saw was 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 pretty cool just from photos. Melisandre and Baelish, like who yeah, was- they just well, you yeah. know, it was a boyfriend and girlfriend, and they just dressed up as characters that weren't <laughs> boyfriend and girlfriend. But it was an interesting. True. Thing. It's it's interesting to to look at them. Yeah, it's interesting. Food for thought is them yeah. together. It seems like two like worlds colliding. But yeah, I've seen those pictures too. I have once seen that picture of all the slave Leia's in real life, just watching them like corral together it's it's just a weird image but it's it's beautiful not gonna lie um well, the Khaleesi but, one will be even cooler i think uh plus they'll probably have some dragons scattered here and yeah about. exactly hopefully someone will actually have some real dragons though because they, <laughs> please we need if you real don't dragons. go big or go home i mean everybody everything's cooler with dragons it's yeah, true totally so you were there covering for Wick, and, and that's awesome. But I know that you were also there covering with Epic. So I assume you had a rather, rather busy weekend. Yeah, actually, ironically, wasn't that busy at all. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> well, then we should have got you on the show on Sunday. Damn. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. Like, it was one of the first years I've been to con that I haven't been working the entire time. Like, I had some stuff for Epics, um, like a few hours. One of those hours was with uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who I am obsessed with. Um, mm-hmm. she is gorgeous in person. Oh my gosh. I'm like in love with her. Sorry. Um, <laughs> she's basically my like girl crush right now. So I did a little stuff for epics and then, um, the game of Thrones panel, um, and the beer tasting. And other than that, I was just enjoying life. It's just like, how could you not be happy down there? Let's talk beer. Yeah, what's, yeah, what was this? What was this beer tasting? When was when was this? I guess I should ask him. Where was it, and how did you get into it? Was it just for everybody? Um, it wasn't. It, it was a weird thing. It was like actually really small, which made me think that maybe it was only a press thing. Um, because most of the people I met there were reporters, but it was just maybe like 30 people, 40 people. It was really small. Um, but yeah, it was on Thursday night at this uh, hotel down there and they were giving out, we couldn't even take full cups of the stout. It's called the oh, take wow. the black stout. Oh, you got to try it. Yeah. Oh, nice. This was the first keg 
ever of a stout. So they could only give us like a, a teaspoon each, but it was a damn good teaspoon. Um, damn good. I love the Blondale and I love this one too. I, it's hard to say which one is better because they're just so different. I mean, right. one's, you know, obviously light and blonde and one is more chocolatey, rich, kind of Guinnessy type drink. So, but I definitely love the Take a Black Stout. It is like very hearty, almost meal-like. Like it's like very filling. <laughs> I like that we're having you do a tasting here on the show. Can you tell us the, the fruity notes you got off the now, nose? Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. A little, um, little bit of oakiness, a little smokiness too. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I know, Micah, you've had the beer. I don't think we've ever asked you. What was your favorite one that you've had? No, I only got the, uh, the Blondale. From, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was I was drinking hard liquor the rest of the time at the <laughs> exhibition. I don't think it was Game of Thrones branded, though. Hey, liquor is quicker, right? It that's, is. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, I was very good at that simulated archery, though. Or at least I thought I was. I wish I could have a shot at that, though. Yeah, That'd be fun. me too. But yeah, no, the stout the stout sounds really good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to finding a place that I can purchase it. Well, we need a keg for the show, actually, before ever recording. I thought Serena is responsible. Yeah. Well, you know, Micah, you can just drive up to it. It's the uh, Amagong Brewery, just like north of where you live, dude. You can just drive and, and pick up a few kegs for us the next time we're in New York. Yeah, right. so you have no excuse. Get, get stockpile it, man. Your basement. Get me directions, and uh, All right. I'll, I'll take care of that for you. Well, we've Thank been wanting you. to have you on the show for a while, Simone. And now you're here. Yes. There's yeah, there's something there's something else I wanted to ask about. We know we know that George R. R. Martin crashes weddings. Um based on the, the the results of season three. But apparently at SDCC, did you hear about this? He crashed a concert, a music concert. No, I I just heard about this. Um Zach just told me about this today, but I I have no idea. Please enlighten me. There yeah, is an amazing video. I read this article first a couple of days ago. Actually, this is a slightly different article because it showed there were these guys who did this, who wrote this song. It's, it's these two guys. Actually, no, sorry. I think it's three. And, uh, they wrote this song called Right Like the Wind George. And it was about pretty much this, the same old story that it's the request that all fans have from George is look, dude, write faster. You know, you're taking all these, you're getting sidetracked. You need to write because we need these books within the next decade. Um, and so the song goes on and you'll hear some of it. We want to play this video, but essentially this was years ago, like a year or two ago. And Neil Gaiman, uh, famous author, Neil Gaiman wrote back on and it became a very public response to these guys and their song saying, George R. R. Martin's not your bitch. Like you can't, you can't rush authors to do this. You don't own them. They don't own you. You know, he'll take his time. And so it was this in defense of George that Gaiman did. Well, these two guys were performing that song at Comic Con, apparently at one of the, one of the evenings. And, uh, George, who was there, obviously, came on stage and took the guy's guitar and smashed it on, <laughs> on stage <gasps> while, they amazing. Were, while they were playing the song. Oh, it's <gasps> Paul and Storm. Comedians Paul and Storm. They do a lot of musical comedy. Yeah. Oh, okay, so Paul and Storm. So this happened. And essentially the video is is absolutely excellent. And I, I, I just it's so fun that George R. R. Martin yeah, again totally. it's part of, again it's part of George being in the community. I love it. So was this response from Gaiman though pretty serious or or was he because I feel like these guys who wrote the song probably just did it for fun. They're not serious. It was they? either to these guys or it was is based on a 
you know, kind of a thread as these, these internets I, I'm, I'm losing. I think it was on Gaiman's blog, actually. It was a separate post that somebody made on Gaiman's blog referencing this song and saying, is it right for us to feel that George needs to write faster? And that's how Gaiman got involved. But at San Diego Comic-Con, both Gaiman and Martin appear together on stage um, to face these uh, face these guys off. Now I have to figure out something to say, and there's a centaur holding a top hat on this page, so it's making it difficult. That's a, uh, It is the top. That's a chick centaur. Look at that. It is. I've it never is. seen a chick centaur before. Oh, centaur I just reading. saw what you're talking about. It's a yeah. chick tar. Meredith Warner. That's what I cosplayed as this year. Good, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, considering that this video is on a page with a quest- questionable display photo, we could wait and hold it till the end of the show. Simone, we want to have you on again soon, though. So we should have you on again soon, maybe between the Ravens that aren't so quite daily, right? Yes. God, you've got it. Beautiful. Exactly. So, yes, we make a podcast. We're all here together today. And sometimes people tweet in. Normally on our show, we'd say, hey, what's your own of whatever? But people didn't send us owns for the Comic-Con panel because most of you weren't there. It's true. Oh. Oh. But if you were there and you somehow forgot to send us your Comic-Con own, I'm sure we'd love to read them. You can still (laughs) send them to us at twitter.com slash game of owns. Hey, it's never too late. Nothing no. is safe from getting owned from this yes, show, man. Everything that's the greatest thing about this show is we came into it with this concept. Oh yeah, things own. And now we can just apply it to everything. So it's uh, easy. yeah, send us your owns for Comic Con or your owns for Monday. What else you guys did today, uh, before this uh show came out. So yeah, just send us anything really. Twitter.com slash game of owns. You can email us if you have a story to tell, especially the, the email is the best method at contact at game and don't mm-hmm. forget our Facebook. And we are still playing the Game of Thrones Ascent game, I think, on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Maybe. Game Maybe. of Owns. I think Eric is. Eric might still be playing. You probably have like 1,900 power by now and like seven children. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, listen, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're wondering, how can I hear more of Simone? Because I hear that she has a show, but what else? I know that you have a Twitter account because I've referenced it at least two times on this program, correct? Oh, yeah. I'm a Twitter lover. A Twitter lover. <laughs> yes, Twitter lover. So you can find me at, uh, at Simone Boyce. I'd be on that all day. <laughs> You beyond that. Okay. And if you liked what Simone and the rest of us have had to say here on today's episode, you can head on over to iTunes to leave us a nice little rate and review. It is the month of July, and being that it is that month, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. If you try to choose anything less than that, your computer will fall asleep and never wake again. Wait, wait, Micah. Since Simone is new on the show, we should make her purvey a threat to our audience Ooh, yes oh, that's yes. our right of initiation oh gosh on the spot that was a pretty good one how can i top that we know that our listeners would of course give us five stars regardless of of any pending threats but just to ensure that you know they don't have a lapse in judgment uh we do threaten our listeners on this podcast and uh you you do have some um, predecessors who have issued some pretty serious threats on this show. Okay. Uh, just to uh, give you an example, Christian Nairn yes. has threatened to beat the life out of our listeners with his prosthetic Hodor penis. Oh my God, that sounds like the worst <laughs> death ever. You have a tall order right now. Have you seen that thing? <laughs> Listen, if you guys don't rate Game of Bones with five stars, one thing 
is going to happen to your sorry ass. Let's hear it. Here it comes. Drakaris. Oh, oh, shit. It's Hootie. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's acoustic music. George it is very Hootie. George R. Martin, please write and write faster. You're not going to get See, so you should have went to this, Simone. You know. I know. When How did I not know about this? Growing Jennifer Lawrence you distracted you. Oh, God, she did, didn't she? <laughs> that scorpion woman. That scorpion woman. This is a catchy song. This is. You guys should check out the cute. music video. Yeah, it's catchy. I also have that guitar strap. An old dog-eared paperback called Game of Thrones. How could I know that this seed would grow into an addiction that held me? Okay, there he is. There he is. Now you see everybody listening. You've got to go to Comic-Con next year, just in case this episode wasn't enough. We tried our damnedest, and we hope that you can make it next time. And or listen to our episode next time. Oh, it's going down. Oh, no. It's WWE style right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. oh yes. <laughs> and there goes the guitar, much like this episode of Game of Owns. I'm Zach Oh, Louis. he's in great shape. Look at him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm Eric Skull. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. He's threatening him with the wooden remnants of the guitar. <laughs> remnants. Here comes Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman's here. Oh, my goodness. And I'm Simone Boyce. There you go. And... This is an episode. Paul Storm George R. R. Martin is what? He's he's not a good. I can't hear you. He's not our bitch. Mentioned it. Did we talk um, about the in memoriam too? Oh, oh we, we didn't. didn't. Hey, okay. Jinx.